Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's time for the roundtable. I'm Ron Johnson. Again, like I said, we got Julia Daniels joining us, the beautiful Julia Daniels with her Christmas tree. We got the cute Sam Ekstrom with his Christmas tree, and then we got me and Reggie up here with nothing, but we got Reggie Wilson from Care 11. Uh, Reggie's tree is downstairs, and my tree, if I could put it out on the curb right now, uh, as if it was December 26th, I would, but hey, I got kids, and I, I got to respect that they want a tree with gifts. Uh, again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Daniels from Care 11, Sam Ekstrom, the producer who does it all, and Reggie Wilson. And uh, we got to get locked in on this show, people. So what you got for us, Julia? He's back. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson making his return finally. I was wondering who was back. <laughs> Uh, the Wild have been playing better, though they lost last night. The Gophers won their first Big Ten game. Which of those two teams have a better chance to salvage their seasons? And, Ron, don't don't ruin Christmas for the kids like you did with your sister, okay? Anyway, Timberwolves, not going to the Super Bowl of basketball, but I do think that there's enough sample size to think that maybe they can get out of the first round of the playoffs. Well, Vegas right now is on and popping as I've been getting text messages and videos of people who are already there. Why? The NBA is playing. The uh, the, the playing championship tournament is there. The Minnesota Vikings are also there, though, about to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. But a lot of Vikings fans took the trip. What's the best destination for Vikings fans? We'll talk about that and much more coming up on the roundtable. Again, I'm Ron Johnson, and I want you guys to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks. Yep, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started. Well, we're going to kick it off with you, Julia. Take it away. Obviously, we've been waiting on this for eight weeks, and Justin Jefferson is finally coming back. We'll see him in Vegas. Let's talk about the expectations that we have for him. I think that it would be safe for Vikings to have really high expectations, right? Because this is not just any receiver that we're talking about. This is the best receiver in the league. Um, having listened to what he had to say yesterday, uh, his first – meeting with media before he's actually finally going to be back in a game. He just talked about being excited to work with Josh Dobbs this week. He said, you know, obviously there was all the quarterback controversy about who's going to start this, that, and the other. And he said, you know, it wasn't really until this week that he got reps in with Dobbs and, and, and when they knew he was going to be the starter, but he said he's, he's taken some extra time to sit down with uh, him and build a connection, talk about what he does well, uh, what he and Kirk were, were working on that, that worked really well for them. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how those two play out on the field. And, and I think it'll be nice for Dobbs, especially coming off, you know, this Chicago game to have a guy like Justin Jefferson out there. Uh, he did say, you know, in, if you guys remember before the season started, he was like, I want a 2000 yard year. And uh, he knocked that down to 1000. He, which I think is a good, you know, obviously it's it's impossible, the goal before. But um, just the fact that he even brought it up, I think, gives us a good idea of, like, how realistic he is about his return, too, which I think is nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we don't – it's the Vikings, right? It's the Vikings, and 
the past two years, we don't really know what's going to happen. But um, I think we can have high expectations for this. He said he's expecting similar coverage as before, but um, he is 100% ready to be back on the field. He wouldn't be back, he said, if he wasn't 100%, 110% ready to be back. Um, but this is also the longest absence he's had from football since he broke his elbow before he was even on the varsity team in high school. So um, he's itching to get back. I would say that. I, I think it would be safe to say uh, high expectations and, and a great performance for him on Sunday. Sam, what you got? Yeah, and that thousand yard thing matters, Julia, because think about Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans, there are a couple seasons in his streak of getting a thousand yards every season where he just had to eke it out in the final game, a thousand and one yards in 2017. But now we talk about it. That's his legacy, 10 straight thousand yard seasons. And I think Justin Jefferson wants wants a piece of that. Yeah. So he wants to keep that streak going uh at four if he can do it this year. But I'm expecting full go, Justin Jefferson. They held him out this long for a reason. So they wouldn't have to put him on a pitch count or handle him with kid gloves or give him breathers. I mean, they they focused on his cardio. I know these last three weeks, he should be, like Julia said, 110%. There should be no holding him back. He should be playing, I think, almost every snap. And I think that uh, I expect to see the best version of Justin Jefferson out there after this long of sort of a ramp up uh, coming off this injury. And I think that he'll make Dobbs a better quarterback too with his ability to make contested catches, which has burned some of the Vikings receivers the past couple of weeks. Um, like Jamar Chase with Jake Browning, right? Jamar mm-hmm. Chase still put up absurd numbers with a backup quarterback. I think that Justin Jefferson can do the exact same. So I'm not expecting anything less than the best from JJ. Mm, Reggie. I think uh, Jefferson being back is going to bring out the the best in Dobbs and I think what's nice about it is like he's been getting by in these last few games with the weapons that he has and his weapons have been solid, but now, you know, having Justin Jefferson back and as Julia mentioned him expecting some of the same coverages that he's had now it opens it up for some of the other guys, you know, maybe you're not seeing double coverage on Addison and you're not, you know, they're not taking away Hawkinson in the same way. And so now somebody's going to be open because they're going to be devoting a, a much attention to JJ. And so I think it's just going to help this offense. I think one thing I was talking to our guy JT about is I just hope that, you know, because Kevin O'Connell can get a little stubborn uh, with his play calling and, and some of the other things that he does uh, from a personnel standpoint. And I just hope that this doesn't make him kind of revert to what he was before where everything was running through Justin Jefferson, which it should, but it's just not that crutch. Like, Oh, well, I mean, we got Justin Jefferson. So, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. Like if if things don't go well, you know, we got him, we could throw it to him. And, and, you know, I feel like this, this absence from Jefferson really kind of made Kevin O'Connell stretch outside of his comfort zone and and really have to scheme some things up and so i i hope that he continues that same energy and just kind of keeps the offense flowing so that it doesn't get stuck in the mud because i do think with jefferson being back it's going to open up quite a bit for this offense and hopefully we see a little bit better from the run game hopefully we see a little bit more efficiency where 
drives are not stalling. We see less turnovers from Josh Dobbs. And I just think it's just going to be a good thing. And for Jefferson's legacy, like, it's interesting what we're talking about with Tyreek Hill this year. And it was something similar to how we talked about Jefferson last year. And it's unfortunate we won't get a chance to talk about that because, you know, Jefferson, when healthy, is the best receiver in the league. But obviously, missing seven games, it just kind of affects that. And like you said, Ron, um, we had this conversation on Sunday with uh, the CARE 11 sports office. Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. He's got like 90 touchdowns and Mm -hmm. 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons like, Justin keeps on that path and he'll be he'll be in that same boat. Yeah, I'm going to go with stats on this one. So I, I think what Justin Jefferson does for most teams from a stat perspective, and here's what's crazy about the stats. I think Kevin O'Connell's offense is fundamentally ridiculously good. Like I, I, I have some plays from last week where you look at Kevin O'Connell's offense when they're working on timing and they're doing exactly what Kevin wants them to do. They're reading the safeties so on and so forth. They're good. What Justin Jefferson adds is like for for the spades players out there. He's like having the big and the little joker. And you're just like, go ahead, play whatever you want. I got some for that. I got some for that. And that's what Justin Jefferson gives Kevin O'Connell. Now, when you look at the Raiders, every week in a lot of their third down coverages, they play like a cover three robber where one of their safeties, they look like they're in two, but they're actually playing three robber where that second safety, number one, is normally who it is. He comes down and he doubles your guy. So we see him doubling Travis Kelsey. We see him doubling Jalen Waddle. He's trying to take one guy out of the mix. And honestly, I don't know why he didn't double Tyreek Hill, but maybe it doesn't even matter to double a guy that fast. But they're trying to take one guy out of it. For the Jets, the Jets just surprised them because they're like, who do we double? Like, I mean, I know we got Garrett Wilson, but it's Zach throwing the ball. So, like, why would we double anybody? And you just saw a lot of flaws in their defense versus the Jets. I I don't think it was the Raiders. I think the Jets, they were just like, I don't know who to go after because they don't know who they're throwing the ball to. But when you look at this Vikings team and Justin Jefferson, the first four weeks with Justin Jefferson and the last four weeks without. So, weeks 9 through 12, weeks 1 through 4. I just kind of broke those two down, the beginning and the ends of this season. Both stretches of four games, 79 first downs. Now, I don't know if you're in the numbers, but if you're playing a lot or something, use seven to nine, break it down however you want, because that's ironic that they 79 first downs. Like there's so many different ways to get around this. But here's where it gets different. Yards game per play. Four the last four weeks, almost five in the first four weeks. So that extra yard, a lot of people are like, oh, it's one yard. One yard over a four-game stretch over set or what? Uh, a hundred, uh, three hundred and thirty-four plays. That's a lot of yards. That's one more. That's three hundred more yards potentially. Now it's not exactly, but if you think about that, there's three hundred and thirty-five plays in this. That's one more yard per game. So that's like Reggie's saying. That's Justin Jefferson just giving you one more inch, just giving you one more stretch, just breaking one more tackle. That's what he's going to do. He's also going to force you to maybe double a guy and help clear out some of the coverage looks. So Justin Jefferson is just a different beast. Also touchdowns. They scored 11 touchdowns and they scored nine. So 11 touchdowns in the first four, they only scored nine in the last four, but the big difference is field goals. They settled for field goals way more in the last couple of weeks than they did in the first four weeks. And I think that's the big difference when they only kicked two field goals in week one through four, they kicked eight field goals in weeks nine through 12. So meaning they had opportunity to score, but they couldn't score. 
And I think that's where Justin Jefferson, too, in the red zone changes this game for Josh Dobbs, where he hasn't had a guy where he could just say, I'm going to throw a fade route and you're going to go get it. That's why he changes this game. But now we got to move on to uh, a part of the, the show we all love. It's the FanDuel locks. Uh, this this game, I mean, it's in Vegas. So we got to talk about the Vegas uh, betting. I know all the fans down there are going to be betting. So those watching, too, hey, this is definitely your time to take advantage of these FanDuel locks. I'm going to start off with you, Sam. Yeah, I'm bullish on the Vikings passing attack in this game. I don't think the Raiders defense is particularly good. And have you seen their injury report? Max Crosby is dealing with a knee injury. So whether he plays less than 100% or doesn't play at all, the pass rush for the Raiders is going to be inhibited. After Max Crosby, who leads them in sacks with 11.5, the mm -hmm. next highest sack guy on the Raiders has 2.5 sacks so if he is slowed or out then i like the ability of the passing game uh josh dobbs can hang in the pocket a little bit longer not feel the threat of crosby i think he goes over his yardage total 225.5 mm -hmm. reggie Okay, this is low-hanging fruit, but give me Justin Jefferson anytime <laughs> touchdown scorer plus one thirty-five. I know it's it's interesting because before he went out, like it seemed like touchdowns were a little bit more difficult for him to come by. Um, we didn't see him score as much. We saw more touchdowns from Addison. Mm -hmm. But look, he's gonna be back. There's gonna be a concerted effort to get him the football so he can get his thousand yards, and it starts with the Raiders. I I can't really even think of any defenders that they have other than like Marcus Peters. And I think Jefferson can take him. Yeah, definitely. Julia. I'm piggybacking off Reggie, but I'm going to go to score two or more touchdowns. Justin Jefferson plus 1100. Oh, I think this guy, I mean, we, we don't, we have only tapped into his potential and him coming off missing this many weeks. I just, I, I think, I think he's going to be ready for it. Mm. Is that plus eleven 1, hundred? Yeah. 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 Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm going, I, the fact that I saw Justin Jefferson, a plus in this, I'm like, I've never seen him a plus in any time touchdown score. Um, so for me, I think one that coming off the hamstring, uh, I think Vegas also looks at like the, the red zone defense. When you watch, uh, what the Raiders do, uh, they like I said, they double a guy. Uh, but I'm gonna play it where they're gonna they're gonna guess wrong every time. Josh Josh Dobbs is gonna be on, so I'm gonna go anytime touchdown scores. T.J. Hawkinson, Devontae Adams, because we still have our defense has to stop somebody in the red zone or period. And Justin Jefferson, all three is gonna be. Uh, if you bet 10 bucks, you win 160. So that's where I think was that 1600. Uh, so if you, if you, you take those three guys right there, that's plus 1600. You bet 10, you win 160, you bet a hundred, you win 1600. So, Hey, people, Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams, TJ Hawkins, anytime. Another reason I said too, if you look at the red zone defense for the Raiders, they've given up 23 touchdowns. And so I'm going to say Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkins and keep the train going. Uh, we saw last week what TJ Hawkinson did against the Bears, or sorry, a week ago before the bye, what he did against the Bears in the red zone. So clearly Kevin O'Connell wants that. Also, if if that's Justin Jefferson on the outside on that same play, it's a touchdown uh, because he runs the go route for some reason. I don't know what uh, 
uh, what's his name, KJ Osborne was doing, but he did not run a go route. He kind of just got jammed up. Justin Jefferson doesn't get jammed up at the line like that, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's supposed to do that, but clearly he should have had a go route. You're manned up, take the go, take the safety out of there. He basically just did nothing. So those are my three. And now uh, we, we have to talk about this now. Because when you look at uh, sports in Minnesota, it's a roller coaster ride of emotion. You got the Wild, you got the Gophers, and then, of course, you have the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves, people, you're looking for another team. Like, if you've moved on from the Vikings, because you're just like, look, I'm six, and, I'm sick of the 6-6 six and six team and six in the sixth seed of the playoffs. Like, I'll come back to you guys if you make the playoffs. Jump on the Timberwolves bandwagon, people, because it's a great time to do it before it gets full, because it's going to fill up. It's going to fill up soon. This is the number one team in basketball. The fact that the Lakers are in the playing tournament championship shows me the Timberwolves should be in it. Like they should win. They should have won this. This would have been our championship in Minnesota. But why take this one? Let's take the big one. Let's take the actual champion, the NBA finals championship. But before we talk about that, Reggie Wilson has something to say, but we have a word from our sponsors. Weather getting cooler. Deals getting hotter at FanDuel. On Tuesday's show, I told uh, the Ron Johnson Show audience I was in New York. I was using my FanDuel $150 in bonus bets, and I put a wildly entertaining parlay down last night. Patriots plus six hit, Ezekiel Elliott touchdown hit, Lakers minus two hit. And if Jewel Erickson had only scored a goal last night, the story would be how I paid off my mortgage this month. But alas, that's not the story. But you can only have that kind of fun at FanDuel when you claim their $150 in bonus bets uh, if you win a $5 money line bet. That's all it takes. Five bucks on the money line, win that bet, $150 straight to you in bonus bets, and then you can get wild with the spreads, the player props, the over-unders, the Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns against the Raiders at plus 1,100 as Julia Daniels prescribed. FanDuel.com slash locked on to check out their great deals and sign up and bet the NFL. FanDuel.com slash locked on. The FanDuel Sportsbook app, extremely easy to use. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. Well, now it's time to talk. And speaking of FanDuel, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw that fan that bet $5 and won $31,000 on two bets. It was a parlay. It was uh, Jokic was going to be the first time scorer, but it had to be a three-pointer. And I forgot the other guy's name, and he had to be the first time scorer. And this was weird. It had to be a free throw because I think he's the other – it was both centers. And so one center had hit a three, yeah. the other center had hit a, 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 a free throw. And dude actually hit like $31,000 on a $5 bet. Talk about paying off your mortgage for the month. Hey, that was his mortgage payment for like what, a couple crazy. of years. So crazy. that's crazy to think that $5. So have fun with it, people. Like there's some, there's some like crystal ball stuff out there on FanDuel. This was a FanDuel person that I was so mad. I'm like, why did this guy tell me about that bet? Like any time, first time scores for both centers, free throw for one, three pointer for the other, and it hits $31,000. Do bet five bucks. And you know what? He also got the $150. I don't think he cares about the $150 now. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care about that. He's like, you can keep your $150. Just give me my $31,000. I'm cashing out. Christmas time. Kids are going to be happy. You know, if I hit 31,000 people, I would, I would keep the tree up until February 1st. Like I would do that. But it's time to move on to these Timberwolves because they're about to be world champions. Reggie, take it away. 
All right, from from your mouth to God's ears, Ron. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna just proclaim them uh, champs already. Okay, um, no, but you, look, they're the best team in basketball, and because I mean, we won't we won't go back over this, but the the whole in season tournament and how all of that shakes out just seems so weird that the best team in basketball is not in over some technicalities and how they structure the thing. I don't know, whatever. But here's the thing. Last year, that game against the Spurs, they probably lose. They probably lose that game. They did not really play well in that game until the fourth quarter. And then it was like, yeah, uh, we're better than them. So can we stop acting like we're not? And I would even say maybe like midway through the third quarter, that's when kind of things started to to change a little bit. And what's encouraging about this Timberwolves team, and I've I've talked about it before on here in the, the basketball party, but the depth. When you look at the depth of this Wolves team, they hadn't had Ant in two games, and they're still just taking care of business because other guys are just stepping up. And then Ant didn't have his best game coming back from his his hip injury. He was four for 17 from the field, 17 points. That's modest. That's fine. But then when you get 18 from Conley, you got 14 from Cat, you got 16 points and 20 boards from Rudy Gobert just playing out of his mind, seven of eight from the field. Ron, he hit two of his free throws mm. both of the free throws that he attempted he made mm. but then when you look at the bench and you get 22 minutes from slow-mo you get 25 minutes from troy brown jr who has basically for finch just not just cracked but become a major part of the rotation yeah, huge huge part of the rotation he had 25 minutes off the bench and then you just unleash Nasri plus 10 when he's on the floor, 15 points on seven of 18 shooting, 29 minutes, nine boards, two assists, and a block. This well, team has what it takes to not only get out of the first round of the playoffs, but if they keep this type of play up, they are going to be a dangerous team in the West. And I feel like because of their struggles in the past and because they're the Timberwolves, people are like, eh. And you know what? I can't even be upset or can't even be mad at people for thinking like that because it is the Timberwolves and they have shown the ability to blow it in the past. But we talked about their third quarter woes in the past. We talked about them losing to teams that they should beat. And through 20 games this year, they are steamrolling both of those thoughts about them. And so when you look at that and you look at Ant just – only going to continue to get better. Cat's kind of figuring it out, playing against Rudy, uh, playing next to Rudy. And Rudy is playing one of his best seasons in a long time at an all-NBA level. This team is scary, man. And look, they may not win the Super Bowl of basketball, but we could be talking about them being a title contender uh, come, what, March, April? Mm. True. Julia. Yeah, I would say they've shown us who they are, right? They've, like Reggie said, fixed all the problems that we harped on last year tirelessly about what was wrong. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they've just got to stay healthy, right? That's what everybody says. Reggie talked about the depth, which is something that um, is obviously one of their major weapons. We saw when Ant went out. Um, The way that they were able to cope with his absence was promising as well. Um, I also think just... um, not to be cheesy, but the the attitude of this entire team is different this year. There's no, I mean, Ant comes back, everyone's so excited about it, everyone's talking about it, but all he can talk about post game is Rudy's performance, right? Which is, it, it's nice to see that. It's refreshing to see that because I think a lot of times, sometimes NBA players get labeled as the divas and, and this kind of thing, but this team has shown that they're they have a little less of that this year for sure. Um, and and like you said, Rudy's. Play this year has just been like crazy. He won that game for them against the Spurs. Um, he's really taking on, I think, that veteran role as he's getting older. He's in his second year now with the team and he's taking on that leadership role too. Um, I do think, you know, obviously everyone's hesitant to say, are they title contenders? That kind of thing. Their goal on media day this year was telling everybody they just wanted to get through the first round of the playoffs. Like Reggie said, um, and for sure, yeah, they can do that. Um, it'll just come down to how they fare against teams who have already made deep postseason runs recently when it comes to that April time. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, it would be okay for Wolves fans to get their hopes up about a deep postseason run for sure. Yeah, you know who doesn't quite believe yet is Vegas. and We've talked about it on this show. They're plus 2,700. They have the ninth best odds to win the championship despite having the best record in the league. So maybe Vegas is waiting for the next 17 games because after Memphis tonight, and Memphis is a 6-14 and 14 team, after that, they play 16 consecutive games against teams that currently have a record at 500 or better. It is a murderer's row. And if you get out of that stretch going like 10 and six or something, and you are still leading the West, the schedule lightens up so drastically at that point that it's not unrealistic to to think of this as a 60 win team because of the way the schedule is going to look from that point on. They're getting all the hard games out of the way in December and January. It seems like if you look at the schedule, now let me paint you a picture. Close Actually, why don't you all close your eyes? Let's visualize, close them. We're not close. Okay, good. Meditate. Meditate on this. A-Rod and Mark Laurie take over the Timberwolves March of 2024. They'll be majority owners. They'll make that payment to Glenn Taylor. They will own the Wolves 60%. So at that time, Glenn Taylor is out. He's out. Kevin Garnett has been waiting for this moment to come back into the fold. He doesn't like Glenn Taylor. He wants to be part of this thing, but not with Glenn Taylor. Imagine the Timberwolves in the playoffs, playing big games in the playoffs. A-Rod and Mark Laurie have ushered Kevin Garnett back into the Timberwolves family. You've got Kevin Garnett pumping people up before games. How are you not going to win a championship if that's happening? KG is going to come back this spring and be the catalyst behind the Timberwolves championship run. Mm, I like that. Wow. Uh, my vision, like I, my vision is probably wrong. Though. I had j Lo. At the games, but I'm guessing that's not going to happen. Would you rather have J Lo or KG? Which, which? Uh, oh, is this a real question? Celebrity? Are you yeah. Well, not. I mean, not taking on a date, <laughs> but like at courtside. 
J-Lo. I don't care about Kevin Garnett being at a game. Give me Jennifer Lopez. Ben Affleck looks like he's disinterested anyway. Like, but this is not daily talk show drama. Uh, this is not the real. Uh, <laughs> this is we're not gonna talk about that. Uh, but I will say no, J like J Lo. I would like I me. Mean, I guess Ben Affleck can't come though because A Rod is the ex boyfriend, and then that would be even more drama. Uh, just let's just make this a daytime talk show. Uh, but no, no, I think uh, Sam, I love that idea because I've never understood the whole Glenn Taylor Kevin Garnett beef, and so I always wondered that because like I, again, I wasn't from here, I wasn't around, like I was gone during some of those key Garnett years. Um, and so I just never really understood the beef of why, like when he left to go, was it cause he went to the Celtics or what was it? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's so much what happened when he was here. Maybe that was a little bit of it, but what happened was, is that Flip Saunders was the coach here for a second time. And he and Garnett had discussed behind the scenes about forming an ownership group to buy the Timberwolves and Garnett was going to be part of that group. And that's why. Garnett came back to play here in 2015 and he and uh. Flip were kind of working together on this. Flip died and apparently Glenn, you know, reneged on any, any commitment that was made. He shut Ooh. KG out. That's the, that's how the story goes. So okay. So it's KG money. has been bitter. He's been bitter at Glenn ever since that all went down. That doesn't sound good, but, but here's where I go with this one. I do like the idea of KG because then Paul Pierce comes probably with KG. I don't know if Minnesota is ready for Paul Pierce, uh, but Minna, but Paul Pierce is definitely ready for the Minnesota nightlife. Um, and, and we've seen his antics. So that can only bring more funny um, moments to, uh, to, to this platform. Uh, but uh, I will say with the Timberwolves, when you look at how they're playing, who they're playing, how the West looks, it's like what Reggie said they can win at least one game. I think they can get to the, the, the Western Conference Finals. And I say easily because nothing's easy because you look at the Heat. They weren't truly an eight seed last year. They just lost some games in key times. Guys were injured, so on and so forth. Uh, they had to figure out a way around like the new players playing. And I think health played a big thing in that. But then when it came down back against the wall, Jimmy Butler stepped up and became a guy and took them all the way to the NBA Finals and almost had a chance to win it. Um, but when you, when you think about this Timberwolves team, I think is that it's staying healthy. Uh, it, it's, it's all your pieces being able to make it down to the very end. No punching walls, no doing anything stupid. Um, this team can be dominant because if you look at every team, the only team I think down the stretch of the playoffs, and hopefully they don't have to see them to the Western conference finals is going to be the nuggets. The way the nuggets are structured, they are the one team because of Jokic and how he plays, they are the one team that can hurt the Timberwolves because Jokic can get your guys in foul trouble. He is the maestro on the court. Uh, he brings a different element of stretching your bigs out wide, and they have to guard at the top. And then when he picks, now you have him on like a smaller guy, and then you have Jokic on like a Anthony Edwards. Not say Anthony Edwards can't guard Jokic, but he's not tall enough to, to affect his three-point shot, which that's what he likes because he shoots like an old man. He doesn't even really jump. He just catches you off guard and shoots it. So that's some of the things that I think the only team that could affect them down the stretch. But the way this team is scoring, the way Nas Reed is playing, um, I would love to see them with the Nuggets in the seven-game series to go to the NBA championship because I think a healthy Nas Reed being able to affect uh, Jokic and playing, like I think somebody, I think Reggie brought up on a basketball party, this three-center uh, offense that he put out there. Well, not so much offense, but defense. That's even something crazy to, to make Cat your three. Now you're really affecting Aaron Gordon because Aaron Gordon now has to guard Cat. And now you're really playing big boy ball 
where Anthony Edwards is on Jamal Murray. Like, I really like what that even sounds like and how that can look down the stretch. So, yes, I think this team is formidable. I think they can get to the Western Conference final. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall back on it just yet. Cause in basketball, it's about momentum and they're winning games. And I think that's all that matters. It's the momentum right now. And they seem like a team that can win it. Uh, now it's time to move on to this wild and gopher stuff. Um, Sam, <laughs> take, take it away. Yeah. Yeah. The two forgotten teams this winter with the Vikings and wolves taking all the headlines, the wild get off to the, the horrible start. And I kind of had to eat crow a little bit there because I'd been the one saying they were going to sort things out. They fire the coach and they rattle off four in a row and they're right back in the mix. Now they did lose last night. And then you've got the Gophers basketball team, much, much maligned, beleaguered, languishing. This program has been in reverse now for several years. Ugly loss against San Francisco, ugly loss against Reggie's Missouri team terrible Big Ten opener at Ohio State. Then they bounce back. They beat Nebraska at home. Good win without Dawson Garcia. Um, which of these two teams can make something of their season after some rocky starts? And I'm here to tell you that I am not jumping off the wild bandwagon just yet. I think that with a new voice and some young guys getting it together, I think that they can absolutely put a run together. They're only a quarter of the way through the season. Hockey's the most random of the professional sports where Teams can go from the cellar to the penthouse like that. All it takes is one game to turn things around. We've seen teams go from worst to Stanley Cup champions in the same season with fired coaches in that season. The Blues did it not too long ago. Uh, young guys coming around for the Wild. Matt Boldy's been playing better. Marco Rossi's having a breakthrough year. Kirill Kaprizov is waking up a little bit. Jewel Erickson, um, all the first-round picks that they expect a lot from, they're finally waking up. So I like this wild team's path right now. And I think uh, with some good goaltending going forward and some advancing young stars, I'm still bullish on the wild. Reggie. I think it's um, probably the safest thing to go with the wild because you've seen, I mean, really this same cast of characters turn it on and make it to the postseason in the last few years. Um, I, I want to believe in the Gophers, man. I really do. I really do. Um, I, I really like Ben Johnson. I like what he stands for. I like all that he's trying to do to like build the program up the right way. And look, make no mistake, that was a that was a very impressive win against Nebraska. They were down 15 at halftime. And they came out on fire. I think it was what like a 52-26 um scoring advantage in the second half to go ahead and beat Nebraska and the mayor, Fred Hoiberg. And so I I want to believe, but like you said, that was a brutal loss to San Francisco. They probably were better than my Missouri Tigers, but somehow lost that one at the end. Brutal. And that was a tough loss against Ohio State. But some may say, and I've, you know, my guy Sam on Twitter said it, it could be a program defining win that won against Nebraska. And I think Ben was kind of talking about it being as much, you know. They were terrible in Big Ten play last year. 
and to to win a Big Ten game before the new year, darn it, they're doing something right. They're doing something right. So, look, I think the the wild are the easy answer, but I'm going to go with the Gophers because I believe in Ben Johnson. I like it. Julia. I like both of y'all's answers. Uh, they're very similar to, to what I think, too. Uh, I'm going to go with the wild on this because, like Sam said, pro sports is just so different than college, right? It's You can make changes. I mean, they fire Dean, they hire someone else all in the, all in the same day, all in the same breath. Um, hockey's different, too, because the depth is different as well. You know, you, you've got your Iowa guys, you've got – um, it's not the same as a college basketball team where it's like, here's your, here's your roster. That's it for the year. You know? Um, I think like Reggie said, Ben Johnson, great guy. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's a stepping stone to the future success of that program for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's done good stuff. Um, I just don't think they're quite there yet. I, I think when it comes to college basketball in terms of making something of your season, um, we probably won't see that this year. I don't think so. Uh, with the wild though, just the four and O that they rattled off after John, John Hines showed up, showed us that there is life in that, in that organization. Um, and it's promising. Yeah, they lost, they had to lose at some point. Right. Um, but like I said, it's so different. I think it's uh, easier for a pro hockey team to make something of their season than it is for a basketball team, uh, a college basketball team. And I don't see Mark Coyle firing any coach anytime soon. So I looked at uh, this Iowa situation. And so we had Chad Greenway on with me, um, and he talked about Brian Ferentz. And Brian Ferentz was his college teammate. And that's the reason why he's kind of like, man, I think he can figure this out. You know, I'm never going to ask for somebody to get fired. Uh, I looked at Dallas Clark. I saw Dallas Clark at that that next game, you know, the, the tight end, national tight end day. He showed up to, to support his boy, TJ Hawkinson. And um, same thing. He said the same exact thing. Like, man, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with Brian Ferentz. So when I look at this question, I question my answer because I was going to say Gophers basketball, but I'm like, is it because I went to school with Ben? Like, is it because I know Ben Johnson? Is it because he's come on my show and he, you know, he's been a friend of the program. He's been a friend of mine. Uh, Like he's a guy I can text about a recruit. He'll text me back and give me the answer. That's what I worry about. Cause I feel like my answer is biased. I think my answer is because I'm not a hockey guy, Um, but I lean towards go for basketball the only reason i say that is because no matter what their record is they can still make it to the big 10 championship and they can still beat a team like northwestern nebraska uh illinois i feel like and so um that's why i question that with the wild like sam said winning the four games in a row just just off top of the head it feels like they would have a better shot because they've already gotten better Whereas the Gophers didn't get a jolt of energy. Like they haven't grasped a new like scheme. They haven't gotten a new, but we've only seen that one sample size of Ben Johnson recently. So I don't know if this is for, for things to come, uh, for, for, for growth of, you know, you know, when you look at how they play Nebraska, uh, but yeah, like I, I just question my bias in this because I know Ben, but I do feel like just the fact that the wild were able to rattle off four games that it would be the wild. Um, 
But I guess we really we're going to have to see like we're going to have to see the next three or four games of Ben Johnson and, you know, in the Big Ten, one of the tougher conferences that, you know, they're bruisers, big, strong. I don't know if the Gophers have that body type, so they have to find their identity. Like, what are they like? Who are they going to be? What What is going to be their staple? Like Syracuse, their staple became the two, three, three, two zone defense. That became their staple. Jim Boeheim was like, this is what we're going to do. Period. Kentucky, it became, you know, whatever. Uh, line to line, hell. I'm going to put you through hell the entire game. My guys are just going to run, run, run. Like everybody kind of, you know, took on their identity. The Gophers, it just doesn't seem like they have one, to be honest. Like when you look across the Big Ten, uh, you think about Wisconsin. It's all the Lakeville North kids. <laughs> like every kid from Lakeville North finds a way to go to Wisconsin. Uh, a lot of Minnesota kids pick Wisconsin. You, you know, they got the kid from Jefferson. They have their identity in that. They're going to play nice, basic, fundamentally sound basketball. When you when you look at the Gophers, what do you get? And and that's what I wonder about. So yeah, I, I, I off the top, I'm going to say the Wild, but I feel like the Gophers. Maybe they can find an identity. I don't know if they will. But everybody, make sure you know that you can watch 24-7 Locked On Minnesota Sports on YouTube. You just need an email address and subscribe, and you'll get all the updates 24-7. You can find all your favorite shows, the football party, the basketball party. Uh, you can go watch all the postcasts, the Ron Johnson Show, Everything you want, Minnesota sports, is on our YouTube channel. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You get it 24-7. As we close the show, people, quick, uh, we're going to have a little fun. Everybody loves to travel. Everybody talks about destination games. Everybody talks about where they want to go. Well, the Vikings are in Vegas this week. I'm going to start with you, Julia. What's the best road destination for Vikings fans to think about as this season goes? Well, last year they went to Miami, you know. Mm -hmm. So I love Miami. Um, I know every, like all year though, including you, Ron, everyone's been talking about this Vegas game. Everyone's so excited. You know, I, what is, what are the numbers are supposed to be more Vikings fans in the stadium than Raiders fans? Yeah. Like 54%. Yeah. Yeah. People are, people are ready for this one. So uh, this season for sure, Vegas is the best destination, but last year, uh, I mean, Miami's, if they would put Miami towards the end of the season, well, I mean, they won't do that, but if they would put it like where this Raiders game is, I think that Miami would be uh, a similar because Minnesotans in the wintertime love to travel to warmer places. So uh, Miami's always a good time. I would say that, but uh, this season for sure, it's Vegas. I feel like that's a pretty obvious answer. I'm trying to think of like other cities. I mean, New York at Christmas is always fun, uh, but yeah, this year for sure, Vegas, especially, I know uh, people here love to love to escape the cold at least once a year, so this is a, a lot of opportunity for them. I know also I was talking to Belle, our meteorologist, and she said that she's got family that lives out in Utah, and they're huge Vikings fans, and they're making the trek over there to go to the game and stuff, so I think, uh, yeah. Vegas this year, the number one for sure. Yeah, the Vegas experience is going to be awesome. I'm sad that I'm not there myself. I got know a lot of people that are there. Our very own Luke Braun from the Minnesota Football Party is going to be there. But um, looking outside of Vegas, I've been, I'm just going to speak from my own experience. So I've been to 12 venues around the league, 10 in the NFC, which the, the Vikings will, you know, go to frequently. I think that people sleep on New Orleans as a game day experience and like a nightlife place. I think that if you get there on Saturday, you go out on, you know, go downtown, 
go to Bourbon Street, hit the casino the night before the game, and then the walk to the stadium is awesome. The fans are incredible there. The atmosphere inside, what is it, the Caesars Superdome or Mercedes-Benz Superdome now? Caesars, um, I think so. Caesars, yeah. Phenomenal atmosphere. I love New Orleans. And I think the Chiefs, every eight years you play the Chiefs out there, the barbecue in Kansas City, easy drive down. The tailgating is outstanding. Um, don't sleep on Kansas City either. And then I like I like Seattle with that downtown vibe. You know, go to the go have some fish thrown at you at the market, and then walk down to the the Vikings game. Seattle's a great city, but um, the warm. I mean, it's hard to beat the warm weather in the winter, right? So that's why Miami gets the edge. Vegas, you know, gets the edge. But yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say New Orleans is a sneaky one. Ooh, Reggie. All right, so I'll be headed to Vegas with my guy Josh uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to the game and the game day experience. I've been to Vegas once. Uh, it was for the the NABJ conference, and it was pretty lit there uh, for that. And it was like two chains performing and all kinds of crazy stuff going on during that that conference week. Um, so I know Vegas is an experience, but people are like, yeah, no longer than like three, four days, though. Three, three, four days max, and then you got to get out of there. Selfishly, I love Cincinnati, so I think that road trip is going to be fun. Uh, people sleep on Cincinnati. It's always one of those places that people are like, dang, I didn't really know that Cincinnati was popping like this, but I, I enjoyed myself. I come back. And so that's going to be a pretty good one. Um, and then as Julia said, like, I think it'd be pretty cool. Like if they went to New York, I've been waiting on that to either play the Jets or the Giants in New York. Um, the, the, the Giants came to Minnesota twice last year. And it was just like, why can't they go to New York for one of those? So I, I think that would that would kind of be a cool experience too. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think me is just the weather. Um, but the big one I was gonna say also New York. I think that's a cool city just to go to to be able to be in, uh, to experience. But I gotta go with like you got LA, you got San Fran, and you got Vegas. Like those, and then I mean, even the, the the cowboys, like going to Dallas is always a fun experience with the weather. Um, you know, those for me are the places to kind of go as far as the weather stuff to do and, and a cool stadium to be in. Uh, but yeah, like even Atlanta, same thing, good city to be in good atmosphere, but I, I got it. Like I'm leaning, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards cause city. I, I like New York. And so being in New York, being able to go out tons of places, but you can't beat Vegas. Like it's something about Vegas that just when you go, you know, everybody there is trying to have a good time. Like there's nobody in Vegas where you feel like, like, oh, I can't talk to that person. Oh, I, I don't want to say anything to that person. Vegas feels like all out pandemonium. Everybody's always having fun, whether you're working out, running. Cause I mean, when I've, when I've gone there a bunch of times and we did what, like six games there. And every morning I would get up to go run. It was like a ton of people working out in the mornings, like, and you could tell everybody had been up. Some people still had makeup on and they're working out. Like you, you just know Vegas, everybody's on the same page. Like, don't judge me when I'm working out and I won't judge you. But then as the night goes, it gets darker. Everybody's in a casino. Everybody's trying to go to dinner. It's just, it's just a, like, overall, it's like, we all know why we're here. We're here to have a good time. Let's just do it. No, don't say anything to anybody about anything. Just go out there and do it where some places, you know, you got to worry about what you're doing. And then like Green Bay, people put Green Bay just because of the nostalgia. But other than that, nobody wants to be in Green Bay. No, like, no. So like, mm -hmm. I get the whole nostalgia of Green Bay. Uh, But like, if I'm gonna pick nostalgia, I'm gonna go with Steelers. Like, 
more Super Bowls than any team, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'd rather go to Pittsburgh than I would to Green yeah. Bay. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go with Vegas. Vegas is Vegas is just Vegas. It's one of those things where it's it's stories are going to happen. People are going to do crazy because people are there are not even for football. Some people just want to go to the pool and have sports on, but they don't even care about the sports. They're just there to be in Vegas. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a good trip, people. Vikings fans, I hope you guys are enjoying it out there. Uh, please come back safe and uh, leave whatever drama in Vegas. Don't bring it back to Minnesota. We don't need that here. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Daniels. That's Sam Ekstrom. That's Reggie Wilson. This has been the Friday Roundtable on Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank you guys. Have a great weekend.